0: Well, this morning, I want to start off today's message by asking you a question, and that's when you think about serving someone, what comes to mind? Is it preparing a meal for someone that might have recently lost a loved one? Maybe preparing a meal for someone that's welcomed a new child into their family. Maybe it's helping a friend drive their kids to school or to a practice one evening a week could be volunteering at the mission or at the Ashby house here in town. And all of these are great examples of serving someone. And according to scripture, this is something that we're commanded to do by Christ himself. In fact, in Matthew chapter 20 verses 26 through 28, he explains whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom to many. So today we continue through our blessed series and we find ourselves coming to the first S within the acronym, which of course stands for serving. There are many verses for us to follow in scripture that give us a really good example of how we are to serve others. But the one that we're really going to focus on here today comes from the gospel of John chapter 13, verses one through 17. And these verses inform us of a night in which Christ was betrayed. And who better else is there to study when it comes to serving than Jesus himself? I mean, after all, one of God's main goals in our lives is to conform us to the image of Christ as being his children. So I invite you to open up your Bibles at this time. And if you do not have one, you can find one in the seat located in front of you just under the seat And it's here that we read about how Christ humbled himself to one of the lowest positions at that current time that a man could possibly take. Once again, it's the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 1 through 17. And the scripture reads, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Jesus answered those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet and their whole body is clean and you are clean though not every one of you for he knew who was going to betray him and that was why he said not everyone was clean when he had finished washing their feet he put on his clothes and returned to his place do you understand what I have done for you he asked you call me teacher and Lord rightly so for that is what I am. To give oneself up humbly and to give his life for someone else. On the night that we just read about, Jesus shows us what it means to not only love, but to serve as well. It's no secret that Christ obeyed and loved and served his heavenly father. And in doing so, Jesus also demonstrated love and service to his disciples and everyone who calls upon him as Lord. So in this portion of scripture, we learn... The full extent of Jesus' love by his actions of washing and drying the feet of his disciples. Washing feet was a servant's job. It was dirty. It was meant that you were the lowest man on the totem pole. This was a task that was often given to Gentile slaves. It was not the job that any master or teacher would volunteer to do. It was demeaning. Nobody in their right mind would ever place themselves in the position to do this disgusting job. However, Christ was no ordinary teacher. He was the Son of God sent to do the Father's will. Christ was known for his teaching and authority, and he would often do so while teaching in contrast to what the world and even religious traditions thought. Jesus's actions that night were an act of love and humble service towards his disciples. He knew what would happen in the coming hours. He knew that the cross awaited him and that his time was short and that soon he would be betrayed by Judas, one of his very own disciples. And yet, while knowing all of this, he chose to take the position of a servant, and he kneeled down to wash and dry the feet of his disciples. He even washed the two feet of the man who would betray him. Can you imagine a love that's that strong? A love so strong that even while knowing that one of his closest friends who had seen him teach, that had seen him heal many, was right there by him, ready to To betray him. This fact just gives us a small glimpse. At how much Christ loves each and every one of us. Now when you think about love. What comes to mind. Consider this particular moment in history. Here we have Jesus kneeling down before Judas. And washing his feet. One of his closest friends. Who would turn him into religious authorities. Who despised him. And who wanted to kill him. Would you be strong enough to show such love to someone like that if you were in Christ's place that night? That's something that even I have to look in the mirror at myself at. Ask myself if I would be willing to show that kind of love. But not only that, he also washed the feet of the 11 other disciples that would abandon him shortly after this meal. And we can't forget about Peter, one of those disciples. His feet were also washed clean, only hours before he would deny Christ to others. So here's Jesus knowing that all of his best buddies that he has spent time with through the previous years would soon desert him. And here he is taking off his crown, trading it in for a towel that he would wrap around his waist and use to dry their feet. It amazes me how much our world hasn't changed in all these years since that one night. Even to this day, we believe that if we are of higher authority over certain individuals, that they are the ones who should be serving us. We think that if we have a higher position at our place of employment, if we have a higher degree in education, if we have more money in our bank account than certain individuals, that they are the ones who should be serving us but when we act like that we're not being conformed to the image of christ instead we are placing our pride out for others to see and our self-centeredness but here in john 13 christ is focused not on himself even hours before he would die a painful death but on his disciples and all of those who believe in him Christ was focused on serving, loving, and being an example for each of us to follow. A selfless, humble, and loving example. And that is to serve others, even those even those who stand against us. Christ's actions show us that love is more than a word. We can say we love you to our spouses, to our children, to our friends, all that we want. But it does not mean anything without us making a decision to go into action. It helps us show compassion and care for those who are lovable and even to those who are unlovable. It shows us that love is serving the one who portrays you along with the one who will also stand beside you. It also shows us that real love is when we serve others without any expectation of return. It's giving away our time and our hearts for free. The power of love is amazing. It can melt the attitudes of hate, neglect, hurt, and distrust. Distrust, excuse me. When we study serving within the Blessed series, it's not about us buttering somebody up so that they'll listen to our testimony. That's not what it's for. No, it's about opening a doorway so that we can change hearts. Showing love through service and opening the gate for someone to witness, accept, and believe such love is possible for them to experience. And then letting them be able to love and serve others as well. Have you ever been to a foot washing service at a church before? These are often held the week of of Holy Week, the, the week leading up to Easter. And having your feet washed by someone of authority, some may know, can be intimidating and humbling. The act of service and humility of the one in authority who is willing to do such a humble task will also touch a person's heart. As long as the recipient's heart is not prideful, hard, or calloused by sinful behavior. Now, I want to ask you this. How is your heart this morning? Has the love of God touched your heart and motivated you to love and serve others? Is your heart tender and open to receiving instruction from the Holy Spirit so that you, at this very moment, Can not only love the lovable, but can you love the unlovable? Is your heart humble so that you can serve and give yourself to see that others are able to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? We have to always remember that people will know that we're Christians by the love that we show. Are you loving and serving Christ? It was custom back then to bathe before attending a feast. So when they would walk into the place that they were getting ready to dine at that evening, the whole body was clean. But the feet would need to be washed from walking on the dirt path to that place, and the dirt and the dust would then need to be removed. Now, refusing to allow somebody to wash your feet was a sign of pride. But if you notice, it is not mentioned... That any of the disciples were quick and volunteered to be the one to wash the feet of the others. So Christ stepped up to do this humbling task. He washed the feet of all the disciples. And yes, I'll say it again, even the feet of Judas. He took on the form of a servant and he served where it was needed. He made himself a man of the lowest position. He set a prime example for us to follow. We are to love and to serve others. We are to share the good news of the gospel that Jesus Christ is alive. And by serving, we then open up the door to a deeper conversation when we serve. Because when we do so, we soften hearts. I'm not saying that we need to wash another's feet. However, loving and serving others is also not a job for just a select few of us as Christians. We are called to display the love of God as well as love and serve others. I mentioned earlier that it's no secret that that Jesus's life and his teachings were in contrast to what the world thought and what they taught to their children. Much of what Jesus taught made no sense to the mortal man. But to the person of the Spirit, they were words to live by. This is because Jesus calls His followers not to live according to the world's ways, but according to the Spirit of God. The world does not understand these things that come from the Holy Spirit. Unless we follow Christ and allow Him to wash the daily dust and dirt and sin and disobedience from us, Unless we submit to what Jesus wants to do in our hearts and lives, we will have no part in Him. As believers, we must become humble and admit our need for a Savior. We must recognize our need to be washed spiritually clean from the grime and the dirt of our everyday living. Because the dust and dirt of this world will attach itself to us just as the dirt did to those disciples that night. We need the Holy Spirit to refresh us. We need our hearts washed clean so that we will not be weighed down by the silly cares of the world that can cause us to stray away from God and His guidance. Now ask yourself, what are some silly cares that you carry within your own heart here today? What matters? What doesn't matter? We were all once spiritually blind. We all at some time in our lives were living in rebellion. We were spiritually dead and we were living in sin. Until someone came along. Serving us. Sharing the love of Jesus Christ with us. That then allowed us to see the light and to place our faith in him as our Lord and our Savior. With humility, we must say yes. And allow Jesus to wash our feet and wash away the dirt and the grime of our daily lives. This allows our hearts to be prepared to love and to serve others. Because when we love and serve others, we are ultimately serving God. And then we help open the doors for the Holy Spirit to come into that person's life. And wash their souls clean as they place their faith in Christ. So how do we serve and love others? It's not an easy task. We have to humble ourselves in order to serve others. Even if the person that we are serving might think that they're superior to us. Serving others takes sacrifice. It takes us marking out time of our own day. Taking that specific amount of time and giving it To others, our attention, our service. And it'll take you listening to those who you plan on serving and studying their lives as well to see where there is a need. Where do you or where do they have a need to be served? You can ask these questions to yourself as you get to know these individuals. And one question is how are they doing relationally? How's their home life? How's their marriage? Their family? Do they have a healthy circle of friends? How are they doing mentally? This is a tough one. Are they showing signs of depression, anxiety? Are they showing unhealthy patterns in their lifestyle? How are they doing physically? How's their overall health? Does their energy level seem like it's at a good level? What are their eating habits like? How are they doing spiritually? Do they sense that something is missing in their life? Are they going about their life, trying new things, going down different paths? This often reminds me of of my kids playing in the backyard when they're blowing bubbles. And they're chasing those bubbles. And as soon as they reach out, they grab it, but it disappears. Do you know someone? who's searching for something, but they just can't grasp what it is. Oftentimes when we serve others, we do do so in a way that will make us feel good about ourselves. And to warn you, this is a very fine line to walk. After you serve someone, are you proud of yourself? Because if that is your motivation for self-pride, to feel better about yourself, I could tell you that that is not from God. Is it to promote your company so that you get more clients and then they come to you and you fill your bank account because you looked good doing service for others? Once again, that is from the evil one and not from God. We serve others because God tells us to do so. And so that he and he alone can receive the glory. Have you ever grown closer to someone or grown closer to God when someone serves you? You see, when we are served or when we serve others, it cracks open a door from a room that is pitch black dark. And because we serve, it allows just a glimmer of light to come through the crack of that door into that person's life and give them hope. They see that maybe there is something to look for in life. And then we let the Holy Spirit go to work. To take over. And to begin working on their hearts. So I ask you again, when you think of serving others, what comes to mind? Volunteering to paint someone's house. Helping feed the homeless. These are all great things. But for some that are here today, it may seem not as important. It may not be on your heart to do those exact things. And I encourage you. I encourage you that if this is how you feel, do not be discouraged and think that you are a bad person. Because that feeling is alive from the evil one himself. He tries to make you feel like like you're not a good Christian and that you are evil. And that's absolutely not true. You see, if we all were called to feed the homeless or or to paint houses for those in need, then there would still be a group of people needing help, needing to be served. Everyone might be fed and we all might have fresh paint on our homes. But there's still another group waiting to be served. God gives us Passions. He gives us talents within our hearts so that we can then go into the world and use these talents and passions to serve different groups of people. We call these talents and passions spiritual gifts, and God gives us us these spiritual gifts for a reason. First Peter 410 tells us, as each one has received a spiritual gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Romans 12:4 says for just as we have many members in one body and all the members do not have the same function. We offer a class here at First Covenant that instructs and helps us discover what our spiritual gifts are. And I encourage everyone if you have not taken this class to do so. I've taken it, my wife has taken it, and it's helped us tremendously share our gifts with others. Because it helps us see what God has built within us as individuals and why he has given us certain passions and talents in order to serve others. On that night in which Jesus was betrayed, he would be tortured, mocked, eventually killed. But he didn't focus on himself. He didn't focus on how important his time was that he had left for his own sake. He focused on serving others in a humble manner. Once again, he took off his crown and he put it or grabbed a towel, wrapped it around his waist in order to serve those who were nearest to him. So I ask you again. Is your heart ready to serve? Are you willing to surrender to God's instruction and Christ's example to humble yourself And become vulnerable to step out of your comfort zone. To not only serve the lovable, but to serve the unlovable. Are you willing to take off the crown of pride that maybe you installed onto your own head? And take on the Christian calling of being humble and serve others? Are you willing to grab a towel? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for this tough lesson in life that causes us to look into the mirror and see our character. This could be humbling, Lord, but we know that it is for our own good and to grow closer to you who created us and who You created us to be. We ask that You prepare our hearts to a full surrender to You, God, and that through Your Holy Spirit we gain wisdom in what our spiritual gifts are and how we can use them to serve not only the lovable people in our lives, but the unlovable ones as well. Take away our pride, Father, because it is then and then only that we can fully rely on you and your guidance in order to serve those that you are calling to be your children we pray all of this in the name of your son Jesus Christ we love you amen well as you